So glad you're here tonight. What an honor it is to, to share with you. Uh, so grateful to be a part of Rhema Bible Church and uh, the Rhema family, just in general. Uh, I still, we've been here, my wife and I have been here now about a year. Uh, March will be a year. And uh, serving and, and following the Hagans, Pastor and Mrs. Hagan, Pastor Nice, Pastor Craig. It's just been such an honor. And to see everything that they're doing, aren't you grateful for them? Amen. Praise the Lord. So many people came home for, for Winter Bible Seminar. That's one of the things that I like about being here. Uh, you know, because my brother and I are both in ministry, he's here tonight. He and my sister-in-law, Kelly. Mike, wave at everybody. That's my... He, you know, he was my first best friend. He's a missionary. And when the Lord called us to do what we're doing and the Lord called them to, to go on the mission field, well, that's hard. Because you're not with your family all the time. That's tough, you know. And so uh, him being my best friend and stuff, uh, I said, you know, he was my first best friend. But he was also, he used to work me over pretty good. And since I got a mic on, I'll tell you about that. When we were kids, he'd beat me up. And, and you know, uh, unfortunately, uh, I also couldn't outrun him. And so I didn't have much of a chance. But the reason I brought that up is because one of the things that the Lord reminded me of, and my, my mom, of course, is a first-year student at, at Ramah, but my dad has gone home to be with the Lord. And one of the things that the Lord reminded me of is because we're part of the Ramah family, no matter where they go in the world, I'll always get to see them because we always come home. We always come back here. And... I know they've got to do what they're doing because we all have to follow the Lord, right? We've got to go where God says go. But the other thing is I never have to say goodbye to them. Just like my dad, I told him that before he went to heaven. I said, Dad, the good thing about us is I said we've got forever. You know, the only people I tell the students all the time, the only people that you'll ever have to say goodbye to uh, are unsaved folks. So we've got to get everybody. I, you know, there's some people I love that haven't accepted Jesus yet. So we've got to do everything we can to take all of them with us. I don't want to say goodbye to none of them. Do you? Amen. So that was all free. That's not what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about understanding the power of our words. I want to share some things with you tonight. This, some things that have helped me over the years, and I believe they'll be a blessing to you. Uh, some of the things that, I've say, uh, that I'll say this evening, you may have heard some of it before, uh, but you know, if it's real to you, you'll get excited about it. So I'll gauge your amens, and I'll know how excited you are about uh, what comes out of your mouth, right? I want to look at a, a scripture in John, John chapter 1, beginning with verse 19. And I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. It says, this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders sent priests and temple assistants from Jerusalem to ask John, who are you? He came right out and said, I'm not the Messiah. Well, then who are you? They asked. Are you Elijah? No, he replied. Are you the prophet who we are expecting? No. Then who are you? We need an answer for those who sent us. What do you have to say about yourself? And I'm going to ask you the same question tonight. What do you have to say about yourself? Who are you? What do you call yourself? 
What do you say about you? You know, uh, Pastor Craig did such a good job today talking to us about love and how he said, if you can't love yourself, you'll find it difficult to love other people because you're to love your neighbor as who? That was weak. I said, you're to love your neighbor as who? As yourself. You should love your neighbor as yourself. Well, if you don't have uh, a love for yourself, if you don't recognize that you are God-made, that you are put together in a fashion that where God designed you in such a way and you have value to God that uh, you can say definitively because, you know, who, who gets to determine our value or our worth? When you're buying something or you're selling something, I had a guy one time, I saw him, he was selling a classic car. And he was bragging about how much it was worth. And he said, oh, that thing is easily worth, you know, $50,000 for this car. He said, easy. But then when he sold it for about thirty-five, the purchaser got to determine the value of the car. Isn't that right? Well, you've been bought with a price. Amen. And you cost God his only begotten. So what do you say about yourself? How important are the things that we say about ourselves and not only what we say about ourselves, but what we say about other people? How important are the words we speak? I mean, I'm talking to Rhema people tonight. Amen. You know the scripture in Mark 11. You know, as a Rhema graduate, you always wonder, would you ever uh, stand on the campus and, and preach out of Mark 11? Is there still light and revelation in Mark 11 that we don't know yet? There's still some stuff in there. Amen. Mark 11, verses 23 and 24 in the New King James says this. It says, For surely I say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. And we've heard messages about, uh, this scripture talks about the amount of times that it says believing versus the amount of times that it says speaking. But let's just just count those. It says, assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Jesus said, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, isn't that saying? Whatever things you ask, when you pray, well, is praying saying? It seems as though there's an emphasis on the things that we say in this scripture. Amen? The things that we allow to come out of our mouth. We quote this scripture oftentimes. We're speaking uh, of faith that moves mountains. Talking about faith that, that moves a mountain in our life, a problem in our life, but it really, uh, the understanding is that it relates to every area of our lives. The words that come out of our mouths will affect things, they'll change things. Amen? I know when I was a kid growing up in the 80s, we would get made fun of a little bit for this. You know, we were full gospel. At first, we, were, uh, we attended the Pentecostal Church of Deliverance. You know the emphasis of that ministry. And so 
The, the word of faith came to where we lived in this, little, this town in southern Illinois uh, where we grew up. And the message of faith came there because of uh, men like Pastor Hagen and men like Brother Hagen. They were traveling all over the U.S. and all over, really, all over into other countries as well. But they were teaching and preaching this message of faith. And someone brought that message down to where we were and we changed uh, the name of the church, became Words of, Word of Faith Center. And there was an emphasis on the things that we said, but that didn't make you popular with the other people who, you know, the, the names that they used to call folks in the 80s, the, the name it and claim it group, the blab it and grab it's, we were the confess it and possess it's, you know, uh, lots of things. But the reality is, even the world believes what I'm going to tell you tonight about words. You remember the ad campaign back in the 80s where uh, you see a little kid, the, the, the ad council put out the ad. You see a little kid and they're sitting in a dark room and you hear uh, the voice of one of their parents saying, I hate you. I wish you were never born. You're stupid. And then at the end of the ad, it says, stop using words that hurt. Because the things that come out of our mouth, even the world understands that what we allow to come out of our mouths will affect things in our own lives and in the lives of other people. As I was preparing for this, I hadn't thought about this, uh, this teacher in years, but as I was preparing for this, I remembered uh, in high school when, you know, how many of you read Macbeth in high school? Shakespeare's Macbeth and, you know, uh, Macbeth's uh, uh, soliloquy five, tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow creeps in this petty pace from day to day to the last syllable of recorded time. You know it. Some of you, I don't know, some of you didn't learn it. I don't know. Got real quiet as I was doing it. You won't hear this mouth uh, with this accent say soliloquy very often. So that may be the, the first and last time you ever hear me say it. But I can remember distinctly that my teacher, Miss Thompson, uh, in English class, she wanted us to discuss this soliloquy. And so I raised my hand, and other people had raised their hands, and they were giving their responses. And after I gave my response, I don't even know what I said, really, at this point anymore. But after I gave it, I can remember her grabbing her chest like this, and she said, I used to go by Robbie when I was younger. She said, Robbie, how profound. <laughs> That's also something that you'll never hear probably again, me and profound at the same time. Okay. But you know what? I felt profound. I felt different. In that moment, I felt like I was part of the conversation. And it was because she used her words to speak something into my life that brought blessing. Proverbs 16, 24 says this. It says, uh, pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. Those words that she spoke were sweet to my soul. They lifted me up. They made me feel different about myself. We need to choose our words carefully because not only do they have the power to build people up, but our words can also tear people down. The things that we allow to come out of our mouths can harm people. Here's a question for you concerning Mark 11. 
If Mark 11 tells us that our words can move mountains, can they build stumbling blocks and brick walls in the lives of people? If, they have, if my words have the power when I speak them to move a mountain, to tear down a wall, can they also build one up? How important the words that we speak are. Proverbs 15, uh, 1 says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Now, I haven't always been called profound. As I was preparing for this, I remembered another conversation. When I was a kid, I, you know, when I was little, I, I used to lie some. Like a cheap rug. I had gotten the idea that a lie would get me out of trouble. And I can remember my dad. My dad was a great man, but uh, hard but fair, as he would put it. <laughs> he was a good man, but he, uh, his discipline sometimes felt harsh. And I remember him saying to me one time, in anger, Son, if you don't stop lying, nobody will ever believe a word you say. Fast forward years later in my life, I'm born again, I'm a preacher, uh, not full time, but I'm ministering the gospel, and I took a job back home uh, as a police officer, but in order to get that job, I had to take a lie detector test. And they hooked me up to that lie detector test. The way that they work, I don't know how they all work, but I'll just tell you how mine worked. The way that the lie detector test that I took worked was they gave you a booklet ahead of time and they asked you questions. Have you ever stolen anything in your life? Uh, if so, how many times? You had to write all that stuff down. I was real nervous about taking this lie detector test. At that point, I was no longer a liar. I was a man of my word. That wasn't why I was nervous. I was nervous because I had to tell them the kind of guy that I used to be. Yeah, that's awful. And so I'm going through there, and you say, what kind of stuff did you mark? Now you're just getting in my business. <laughs> I had to put all of those things down, and the way the test works is they hook you up to this machine, and they say, when you said uh, that you had only stolen one time in your life or two times in your life, was that the truth? And you answer it, yes or no. And so you go through all of these questions, you know, when you said that you'd been involved in an altercation, you got in a fight, and you said you'd done that a couple of times, and I was thinking about how many times my brother had beat me up. <laughs> I knew I'd get him. I put a mic on, and man, I got you. And I, they said, you said two times, three times, whatever, uh, was that the truth, yes or no? And I went through the whole book, and they make you go through it a second time. And so I went through it a second time. And uh, after we got done, the guy said, okay, you passed. He said, but, he said there was one question that it didn't show up that it was deception, but it raised the needle. He, they, they, they set a bar, and he said, there was something that I hit on. Would you happen, he said, for my own benefit, you passed. He said, but for my own benefit, could you tell me, do you know what that question might have been? And I said, well, both times when you asked me, you got to a question and you said, rate yourself 
uh, on honest, honesty between 1 and 10, you rated yourself as a 10. Was that the truth, yes or no? I said, both times you asked me the question, I could hear my dad saying, son, if you don't, ever stop, if you don't stop lying, nobody will ever believe a word you say. And he goes, that's the question. And it convinced me that the words that had been spoken in my life had developed something in my soul that you have to work through. You know, there are words that will be spoken in your life, good and bad. You have to meditate on the Word of God, speaking the right things, saying the right things to get your thinking changed. You know, that's really, if you think about it, one of the biggest issues for faith people that if you're uh, going to a good Bible-believing church, Raymond Bible Church, amen, if you're hearing the Word of God every week, like it, Raymond Bible Church, you're getting good, solid teaching, like it, Raymond Bible Church, when you're getting that, how does faith come? I believe that the biggest difficulty for people is not that they don't have faith, it's that they don't have renewed minds. And so every time they try to believe for something, all of the baggage that they've carried, unless we renew our thinking, because if, if faith comes by hearing and you're hearing all the time, you're getting built up in faith, but if your mind's not renewed, and the words that are spoken in your life, if they're not pleasant and sweet like honeycomb, Maybe there's been harsh words that have been spoken in your life. Maybe you've spoken harsh words to other people. But the Bible says this in Proverbs 18, 21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those that love it shall eat the fruit of it. There's an interesting passage in the book of Job that illustrates this point. You know, Job had a lot of problems. That wasn't any heavy revelation right there. Thank you for the rousing burst of silence. Okay don't like that let's just keep moving Job had a lot of problems but he he became so overwhelmed by his problems that in the third chapter of Job in verse 1 it says this he opened his mouth and cursed his day and then he even said this in verse 11 of the same chapter he said I should have died from the womb I mean things were bad for him but look over in the fourth chapter of Job listen to what Job's friend Eliphaz says uh, to Job about his words. Verses 3 and 4 in the fourth chapter, it says this. It says, in the past, you've encouraged many people. You've strengthened those who were weak. Your words have supported those who were falling. You encouraged those with shaky knees. And what he's saying to him, you go down to verse 5, uh, he said, but something, basically he says something comes to you, and now all of a sudden, uh, you're, you're doing everything opposite of what you were doing for other people. But notice that he said this, he said, Job, he said, your words have strengthened the feeble knees of other people. Can you help other people along with your words? The things that we say to people should lift them up. They should build them up and help them to reach a greater potential. I'm talking to believers this evening. Amen? Eliphaz recalls how Job's words had provided support and reassurance to those that were struggling or facing difficulties, but now he's saying things that only serve to tear him down. In my neighborhood, we had a rough neighborhood. 
I mean, you know, not only was my brother beating up on me. I'm renewing my mind on that, really, but I mean, I got him tonight, so. I can remember uh, one of my friends, I'm be careful here, I'm gonna, one of my friends that I grew up with, his mother, they went to church, they went to a, a, a spirit-filled church, word and faith church, in, in the 80s, in a little town close to there, but I could remember she would speak such harsh words to her kids, and I wasn't used to that, because I mean, we were, had been you know, very Pentecostal. Now we're very word-based in our church. And so we were, you know, we were endeavoring to live out our faith. And so there were just some things that we didn't use, some words we didn't say. I can remember being outside playing with him one day and his mother called him and this happened multiple times. His mother called him by his name and said, get your blankety blank in the house. It's time for church. Man, yeah, that was my reaction too. But she did that time and time again. And I know where her kids are today. And when you look at their lives and you see some of the things that they're going through, you can clearly see that it's directly related to many of the things that were spoken over them when they were just kids. Now, those things are not something that you can't overcome. Don't misunderstand me. But how many of you know it takes some work? That voice, you think the devil won't remind you of the harsh words that are spoken to you? Certainly. It's important to understand that we choose the words that come out of our mouths. We're in control of that. I find that very interesting that people sometimes forget that. They say, I just couldn't control myself. I just couldn't control what I was saying. Spoke to my wife in anger. Said harsh things to her. I just I, I couldn't control it. I've got anger issues. But you take that same person, and you know they're in line at the concession stand at a ball game, and some big old dude is standing up there next to them and bumps into them and knocks coke all over them. Somehow, some way, they're able to keep from saying anything in that situation. <laughs> no, we say what we want. We do what we want. Isn't that right? We have to choose, though, to speak life-filled words. First, we've got to choose to speak life-filled words to other people. Proverbs twelve eighteen in the Passion says this, Reckless words are like the thrusts of a sword. Cutting remarks meant to stab and to hurt, but the words of the wise, they soothe and they heal you got to choose words that will help to build people up or be an encourager. Choose words that don't tear people down. It, it includes people and situations. Don't ever say you can't do something. Don't let somebody get by with that. Now, let me just stop. Let me pause right here and say this. Also, don't be the confession police. You know, whipping out your badge. And back in the 80s, anybody else remember that? You had the confession police that they were going around, and I don't know who deputized them, but boy, if your confession was wrong, they'd get you. They'd be like, oh, I wouldn't say that. I'd rather say profanity, brother. <laughs> but what if we did this? Don't, don't make it a negative. What if... Somebody was saying, I just don't guess I'll ever be able to get through this. And you said, you know what? I'm believing God that you will. I'm believing God that you can do all things. 
You're so good at this other thing over here. You do so well at that. I believe you can do anything that you'll put your hand to. With God's help, you'll do amazing things. What if we said when we heard someone that was bringing themselves down in our Rama family, in the church, in our own families, what if instead of agreeing with them, we said, oh, I believe you can do it. You know, you get around Mrs. Hagen and you start talking about things that can't be done, she'll let you know they can. And really, she's got the word on her side. The Bible says we can do all things, isn't that right? Help others to see that they can do better, they can be better, they can go farther. Use your words to help them to know that they can go places that they've never been before. Tell them one day, you're profound. It'll change their lives. My daughter was telling me recently that one of the other teachers at her school, I said to you, the world knows this, uh, this principle. One of the teachers at her, her school, they don't call it a confession, but they have a saying on their wall. She's the, the math teacher where my, my daughter teaches middle school, English, and she, this is the math teacher. And there's, there was a, a little girl that struggles with learning in her class. But there's a saying that she puts on the the wall, and they say it every day. It says, I'm smart, I'm capable, I'm a mathematician. And this one little girl who has struggled, she doesn't just struggle with math, she struggles in every class. They were coming up on a major test, and the girl always, always did bad on her tests. But on this particular test, after the teacher got done grading it, she turned it over. And over and over again on the back of that test, it said, I'm smart. I'm capable. I'm a mathematician. I'm smart. I'm capable. I'm a mathematician. The teacher said she scored the highest grade that she'd ever scored in her class. Why? Because her words have power. The words carry weight. And she was becoming convinced of some things that she didn't believe before. The Bible says in James 3, beginning with verse 1, we can steer the course of our lives or our situation with the words of our mouth. It says, uh, indeed we make, verse 1 says, indeed we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we'd be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large uh, horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth, and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting the entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it's set on fire by hell itself. It says your tongue can set things in motion, and it's just about that big. It's a little member, but it does great things. What if we were saying different things about ourselves? What if we were saying different things about other people? It's not enough to believe the best in people. You've got to tell them that you believe the best in them. I heard somebody, I don't remember who said it now, but I heard somebody say one time that the devil doesn't care what you believe as long as you're quiet about it. 
Remember we looked at Mark 11? There's something about believing and speaking. If you'll say it and you'll doubt not in your heart, but believe those things which you say will come to pass, will you have what you say? Who said that? Rob Betts or the Lord Jesus? Jesus said we can have what we say. How important is it that we're saying the right things? Y'all ever notice how quickly time elapses here? I do. Jesus said our words would move mountains. Proverbs tells us all kinds of things that words will do. James tells us that our words act like a bit in a horse's mouth or a rudder on a ship that can change the direction of our lives. You and I will rise to the level of our faith-filled words. And if you're not convinced of who you are in Christ, then you've got to get back in the Word and keep meditating on it until you are. But it comes as a result of believing and speaking. Go back with me to John 1 again. I want to read something else to you. I want you to notice something here. Again, this is in the New Living Translation. John, it says this, they asked him, then who are you? We need an answer for those who sent us. What do you have to say about yourself? John replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 43. He said, I'm the voice of one shouting in the wilderness, clear the way for the Lord's coming. Do you notice that? John said about himself what the Word said about him. John could have said about himself, I'm just an old locust-eating, honey-slurping, camel-hair-wearing loner, but instead he said what the Bible said about him. Isn't that right? Other people were like, you know, John stinks. John smells like camel and locust. He said, I'm the one crying in the wilderness. Declaring the Lord. We ought to be the one that's saying the things that the Word says about us. We ought to be the one that's saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When it comes to what we say, we have a choice. We can say what we've been saying. We can say what it looks like. We can say what it feels like. Or we can say what God says about it. Our lives begin to go in a new direction if we'll put God's words into our mouth. You might be tired and weary and ready to give up, but God says, let the weak say I'm strong. You might have gotten the worst report of your life. The doctors told you that you're not going to make it, but the Bible says himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Your marriage might seem like it's falling apart and the kids are acting crazy and your car won't start. But you can say, I'm going to make it because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Somebody might say, well, you know, I just call it like I see it. That might be the problem. What if you called it like God sees it? What if you saw yourself like God sees you? One of my favorite songs, uh, Miss Cindy Black sings, is He Sees Me in Him. You ever heard her sing that song? says, when he sees me, he sees me in him. He no longer sees a sinner, a beggar, or an outcast, or what I might have been. 
When he sees me, he sees me raised up, it says, seated next to him in heaven. When he sees me, he sees me in him. God sees you as victorious. God sees you as a winner. God sees you and he says, you're going to make it through. But you've got to see what God sees and you've got to say what God says about you. And when we do, well, James said it'll turn the direction of our lives. Amen? I better end with this. I always, with my students, uh, I started this when I I, I got the privilege of, of teaching starting this past year. And with my students, I always do a confession at the beginning of class. And so when I was preparing, it seemed good that I had one for you today. That'd be all right? So why don't you say this with me? Say, I'll choose to say what God says about it. I'll never waver, and I'll never doubt it. I'll stay with the Word, and I'll boldly confess that I'll walk in God's favor. I'm eternally blessed. Jesus said with my words, I can move every mountain, and it's for this reason that I'm rejoicing and shouting. Why don't you stand with me, and let's give a shout to the Lord. Let's just magnify the Lord. God, you are good. You are good to us. And your mercy endures forever. You are faithful, God. Oh, we magnify you. We thank you, Lord. Lord, that you have caused us to prosper. Lord, you have made us the head and not the tail. You have made us above and not beneath, Lord. Oh, we have victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We're coming up. You've raised us up and we're seated with you in heavenly places. Father God, I pray for each and every person that's here, every person watching online, everyone within the sound of my my voice, Lord, that they would catch hold of this, Father God, that the words they speak, the words that they declare over themselves, Lord, that they need to speak life-filled words to say what you say, to say what you say about their lives. I believe it'll steer the direction. Father, if there's anyone here who's been struggling in any area, I just set my faith with them, Father God, that you'll give them a word. You'll speak to their heart, something from the scripture that they can hang on to. Lord, that they'll understand they don't need a dozen scriptures, just one word from the Lord that will change their lives. And they'll hold on to that and they'll begin to declare it boldly from their own mouths give you all the praise and all the glory for it in Jesus name our uh, our uh, prayers are coming down where are uh, where are prayer forks at oh there they are right there hey guys guys if you need prayer for anything the folks that come down here they have been picked specifically because they know how to believe God with you if you came here tonight and you've been dealing with something You can have the prayer of agreement tonight. Ladies, if you'll come to the ladies, men, if you'll come to the men, don't leave here without letting them hook up with you in faith. If you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can know Him. Glory to God, I said you can know Him. If you've never received the glorious infilling of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in other tongues, God will fill your mouth you need healing in your body, if you need anything, you're going through something, you come down and you see them, you let them pray with you. I sure do appreciate your attentiveness tonight. 
God bless you guys. Be here Wednesday night for our power. Is there anything else? Pastor Bill, anything else? Pastor Chad, okay. Well, God bless you guys. Thank you so much for allowing me to, to speak into your lives tonight. We love you and we appreciate you. We'll see you on Wednesday. God bless you.